0: We're continuing our, our miracle series uh, today, and, and, uh, and, and uh, as I picked my story that I was going to preach from, a miracle of Jesus, it kept taking a different direction a different direction and different direction to the point that, you know, I'm, I'm just going to believe that it's God because I have points today. So if you're a note taker, I'm going to have some points, and, and you're going to like how they even line up. And so if you're a note taker, you can just rejoice right now. It's going to be your day. It's not going to be just my kind of crazy story and just bouncing around in, in different things. I'll probably still bounce around, but anyway, it's summertime, it's crazy time, We're working through everybody's schedule and, and who's here and who's not, and and I was just so blown away by the situation this weekend because Pastor Shabank and his wife Sadna uh, and the boys, uh, they're not here with us today because they're off on another retreat with about a dozen uh, UTA students from India, and and they're at this retreat uh, just ministering to these young people. It's so awesome. We were talking about missions and had an elders meeting. I said, you know, sometimes missions is leaving and going to another country, and sometimes, as we're seeing with especially Pastor Shivank, is sometimes that other country just comes to you. Can I get an amen? Sometimes missions is right on your doorstep. You just got to step out and do something. and And so, Pastor Shavanka is, is just so blessed and doing great things. But what really blew me away in this situation is this weekend really kind of came about because not very long ago, he was at uh, him and his family were at our niece's birthday party. The boys were invited, and they're all hanging out, and the house is full, and we're at my sister-in-law's, and we're all hanging out. And I, think, I think we just finished a, another retreat that we done it, did up at a, at a lake and, uh, and had an awesome time out there. And, and all of a sudden, we're talking about that and talking about a need for something. And all of a sudden, we've got Pastor Shivank on staff here at The Life Church. At my sister-in-law's house, when her sister-in-law, real crazy, gets out there, and all of a sudden is like, you know, I'm going to be gone for a while, and uh, I got a a house on the the lake and out in the country, and y'all can just come stay at my house while I'm gone, (laughs) I was like, what is this? And like, you know, it's one of those things that like when you first kind of hear it, you're like, oh yeah, sure. Like that'll happen. It's one of those kinds of situations. You're like, you know, you, you say the thing that's good and maybe you have good intentions, but sometimes you just, you kind of commit to those things and they just never come through, right? We're busy. We're, we tend to get caught up in the busyness and all of a sudden here we are. Pastor Javonk's like, yeah, I'm going to be going. He says, I'm going to this place. I'm like, okay, well, what's in that place? He's like, your family's house. I'm like, oh, my family's house. I'm like, <laughs> the craziness of what comes when we share information, the craziness of what God can do when we choose to be open about what God is doing or what we need God to do. There's a situation that, that, that happens in our lives, and so many times a solution is going to be found in our ability and willingness to speak. And this is what I'm seeing this weekend, which blew me away with Pastor Shavonk a great blessing that came out of this situation. But how often do we face the challenge in our lives as humans, not just Christians, of sharing and speaking and talking about what God is doing, has been doing, and what we need God to do in our lives. It's the challenge that we face. Some of you, you're like, well, you're the extrovert kind of personality. You're like, I say everything. I don't hold anything back. And yeah, we know. <laughs> like, but sometimes even then you don't say the real heart matters, the, the, the truly deep matters that really need to be shared. And sometimes maybe you're like the introvert kind like me and you just like the only thing you want to talk are the deep matters. But then still it's that ugh, that saying something though, right? It's that being vulnerable and willing. Imagine the the challenge we have of communicating. In today's society and multimedia or media culture, there's so much opportunity to speak in the world, and yet we're still in the same situations and issues of life when it comes to communication. I actually kind of uh, thought that I had this week as I was wrestling with this text that I'm going to get into. Is even wrestled with the idea of how much of our communication when we're together, when we're face-to-face, is even body language. It's our facial expressions and, and those things. And now what seems to be taking over so much more, the only body language coming in our communication is through our thumbs, typing into social media. And the challenge that that may bring to our lives or is already bringing our ability to speak. We find a person here in Matthew chapter nine who has no ability to speak. He is mute and we have an encounter and this is a shorter story than some of our other miracle stories, but in Matthew chapter nine, verse 32, it says, when they left, a demon possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon and then the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. I wish we knew how he was amazed. Like I can only imagine. Like what would be your first words? You've been mute. I don't know for how long, and you've not been able to speak. And all of a sudden, Jesus, Son of God, is there in the flesh, and He heals you, and you can speak. And these people are amazed. Says nothing like this has ever happened in Israel. They exclaimed. And I got to include this part because it's it's what we hear so many times in so many of these stories but the Pharisees, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's when that kind of music comes in and downtrodden and says, he can cast out demons because he is empowered by the prince of demons. Oh, how we always come against what we don't understand. And in this situation, the Pharisees are doing no different. I kind of wrestled with story. I'm like, Oh, like, I don't know Are the people ready for me to talk about demons. Are we going to talk about demon possession in church And, and things like that? And like, we don't really see this in America except on the movie screen, and, and, uh, and, and there's a whole rabbit trail on that, and, and of course, you know, I, I will just say this, that I've been in many other countries where maybe this isn't something, although we got stories from America, although hasn't maybe been as uh, happening in America, but I've been to other nations and, and around the world and, and got stories, so if you want to hear some stories, let's just go to coffee or breakfast or lunch, and we'll just go hang out. I got some stories. But demon possession and healings and the this supernatural, this, this issue, and I, and I kind of wrestled with this. I'm like, we don't really see this demon possession in our lives, but yet we do see an oppression in our lives that robs the voice of ourselves, that robs the voice that we have to speak. We see an oppression, and so I wanted to shift a little bit and look at these things of like It may not be demon possession, but I think many of us, at least at some point in our lives or maybe what you're facing right now, you feel like you have lost your voice, that you have no ability to speak, whether it's to speak into a situation, to speak in your life, an ability to be heard, to be seen and recognized for what you are saying and trying to express in your lives, that so many times we lose our voice. And we live in a world it's easy, or we have so much to say. Why would a demon want to oppress us in America when we can say anything we want and so much of what we have to say, let's be real, probably makes the devil a little happy. Like like let's be rise. Remember, we we're just telling a story, it wasn't even part of my message, but I was like remembering when I was in uh, high school or I was a teenager, I don't remember what grade I was in or anywhere. Around there, but and I remember I had this really annoying habit, I say annoying is annoying my parents. It wasn't annoying to me, right? Habits, right? And uh, and my mom got sick and tired of me saying the word stupid all the time. I said stupid. So then my mom made her rule. She said, Anytime you say the word stupid, you're gonna give me push-ups. Which in hindsight, I'm like, that really didn't work out for you, mom. Like, <laughs> like it should have been like reading. It should have been something like I didn't want to do. Like push-ups. Oh, that's fine. i just keep saying the word stupid and I'll just do my punishment. Right. We got to find as parents, we got to find the right kind of <laughs> consequence. But, uh, but I kept saying the word stupid all the time and I wasn't even deterred in our lives. how' how different is it today? How, how, how much are we still just in that same kind of situation of like, we can, we can say these things, but we're not saying the valuable things. We're not saying the important things, the deeper things, the heart things. I think there are three reasons that we feel like we can't speak today. And there are three things, and I think this is important and this is not uh, an exhaustive list of of what may be issues that we face that are stealing our voice or the voice of someone you know. But I, I do believe that these are uh, three common ones that I feel like are, are going to communicate to us today, or maybe it's just me, and you just tag along. But I feel like, number one, we live in a world of saturation. We live in a world of so much speaking. And it's not just the social media culture and, and where we are, although that's a big part of it has has. Given everyone a voice, everyone something to say and a platform to say it in that we we feel so often that we've got to fill the gap. When a horrible tragedy happened just recently, I, like my reaction, and of course, and I'm angry and I'm frustrated at what's taking place in our culture and society. And I want to go to social media and say what I want to say. And Sometimes, like, and we can obviously, but I also wrestled in that moment, like, maybe, maybe I don't need, maybe, maybe silence is something I need to embrace in this moment, and and not speak just yet. I need to, I need to process this, but, but in so much saturation of culture, of everybody having something to say, everybody having to have an opinion on everything, what does my voice matter? What is, what does it matter what I have to say? But I. I want to implore you that the thing is God has created you. We did our uniquely you class to help determine your your gifts, your spiritual gifts and your personality. Because God has created you as a specific individual and with a specific purpose, which means he has given you something to say that nobody else has, has to say. Now, maybe that's something to say is, is to a one person in your life to, to radically show the love of Jesus, to speak in love to someone's life, and you yet don't know because you feel like you can't speak. How much different is what I'm going to say different from what everybody else is doing or saying? But you yourself are unique and have a specific purpose from God. And so it doesn't matter how saturated the world is, you still have a voice. And ultimately a voice that is meant for God. Not just for the world, not just for even people, but a voice for God. That he wants to hear you speak. Saturation number two, shock that we live lives so often of constant shock. Constant shock, whether it's the story in the news that you've been subjected to once again, whether it's the doctor's report, whether it's the news from a spouse or a loved one, whether it's uh, your kids, w- whether it's a job and, 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 and the news that's coming from those situations, we live in a world of shock. Have you ever been so shocked by, uh, by a report or a determination or something that came to you that have rendered you voiceless? That you're in this situation that I have no idea what to say or how to even begin to formulate words in this situation because the weight of what has just been dropped on me, I don't even know how to process. And in a and in a world in a society where we know things in, in a way that we were never intended to, to again talk about the the, the issues and challenges that we face regarding media, where you know, a hundred years ago and 200 years ago, there's no way we would have known the amount of information that we would have known at that time. And yet today we live in a, a world and a life that is so just inundated with news and reports and information. And I say this out of my own guilt. I say this out of my own issues of of my own involvement on social media and, and sometimes how I've just need to measure it because sometimes I'm, I'm too shocked to even have a response. And sometimes, once again, maybe the silence, though, it comes out of a place that we don't need to respond. Maybe there's a moment as those weights and burdens and issues come to us that we take a moment to to not have the right answer. Number three, the big one is shame. I think shame is one of the biggest issues that we face today. And shame has stolen so many voices. Whether it's the shame of our mistakes, the shame of our shortcomings, the shame of our issues or lack of resources or education or money, shame has put us in places that we become feeling unworthy to be able to share or speak in a situation. I've encountered too many people who didn't even know, like, how am I gonna share the gospel of Jesus Christ with my neighbor or my coworker when they know my mistakes, right? Some of the hardest people we can ever minister to is our family because they know where we came from. And yet there's still a a responsibility or let's change it for a better language, an opportunity to love those around us despite those situations, but a shame will create a regret. And then a regret just leads to more shame and it just becomes this vicious cycle that we get stuck in. And oh, how we do like just love our shame even in the world. And we need to be careful because sometimes that kind of leaks over into the church if we're not careful. So, but, but, but shame, shame leads to regret, not Repentance. And it's the repentance that's going to bring the true change that we need as Christians in this world. But we get caught in this shame and regret cycle, forgetting about the repentance side of this. And we find our place of having no voice. Who am I? When I remember when I became a youth pastor, like I was voluntold. I didn't, I didn't apply for the job. I, I was voluntold to become the youth pastor. And I had like my qualifications. I was doing my Bible school and doing those things. I like, I wasn't finished. I didn't have my degree. I didn't like, I could, I could, I could go on and on like all my past and my failures and my situations. And all of a sudden I'm being thrown in this situation and like, just, just caring for kids, but still in the midst of trying to carry this shame of my life. And we find ourselves in a place of being mute, because who am I? Who am I to share? Who am I to speak? Who am I to to move into the situation? It says that the the mute man was brought to Jesus. I wonder if he was there by his own free will, or if he was just kind of put into the situation. I wonder what his situation would have been like to, to be in the midst of I would imagine, and especially in that culture in that day, an inability to speak and communicate and be brought forth to Jesus to be healed. But how often do we even, like, come not come forward for prayer or reach out to a pastor because, oh, because, it, no, no, like, I'll figure it out. I'll get through it. I'll just... I'm not going to get prayer because like I'll just keep struggling and eventually I'll crawl myself out of this ditch that I dug myself into. And somehow I'm going to get there by the power of my own will, my own strength. Now I'm not going to reach out to somebody because of the shame that I'm carrying. How often do we find ourselves in these situations? We find ourselves agreeing with what the devil's trying to create in our lives instead of trying to separate ourselves from that to say, no, 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 no. See, because my God is different. My God's calling me to something, something more and something, something different. And so I gave you three points of the issues, but I also have three solutions. So again, for you no takers, today's your day. I gave you three reasons we can't speak, and I'm going to give you three things to speak when you can't. Three things to speak when you can't. I remember when I was at youth camp and, uh, and, and there was a situation and, and, um, And there was this young man and, you know, the way you do at youth camp, you, you kind of, you kind of, you got this, you you got your different nights that are designed for different things and, and uh, bringing these kids, these teenagers to know Jesus. And, and, uh, and so you've got, you know, salvation. You're going to have your night where we're going to deal with addictions and, and and the struggles and, and, uh, and freedom. And, and then there's going to be a night where we're absolutely going to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to change lives. And, and I remember this kid. He, he has this amazing experience of receiving Jesus, praying to receive Jesus and, and receive the Holy Spirit. And, and this amazing moment where I just, I'll word it like this, because we've got a lot of a lot of various backgrounds here in this church of where y'all are from and your upbringing. And, uh, and, he, and he just kind of has this moment where he's just out of it. And all of a sudden, when he comes to, out of this amazing experience of having his life rocked, I can only imagine one of those kinds of like I heard the name of Jesus, or I heard Jesus call my name and and broke my shame kind of situations. And he jumps up and he goes, That was bleeping awesome. (laughs) Obviously, he didn't say bleeping, he said a different word. And like the, the shock of some people, but let me tell you, point number one is say what is real say what is real, quit getting hung up. I know some of us, we came up in a church culture where you had to have the right words and the proper language and saying it just right and putting it in the right formula and you had to have it just right. You better not even have any, any foul words. I might even just push the line or come close to that line. You better not talk that way to God, right? And all of a sudden we, we see situations and it's like, no, no, no. Whatever your situation God already knows your heart. God already knows your situation that you're facing. You might as well say what you're already thinking. Tell God what is real in your life. David said in Psalm 142, he said, I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all my troubles when I am overwhelmed. You alone know the way I should turn. Psalm 55, verse 17: morning, noon, and night. I cry out to my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. David is saying, What is real? No holds bar, don't hold anything back, give God what you have. And too often we allow these formulas and, and don't get me wrong. I love things like maybe it is the Lord's prayer, but sometimes you need to take the Lord's prayer. Like, uh, like, like, you know, and I'm like, Lord, forgive those who have sinned against me. Or I think just sinned against me. Like, like sometimes you need to have some real language. Cause like, you know, let's be real. That person didn't always sin against you. You just kind of got your feelings hurt. You got offended and you think they did. So just have some real language in there and be real with who or with God, with who you are and what situation you're facing. Help me, God. Be honest. Be real and and put aside some of those those things, but I got to get it right. No, no, no. You got to get it to God and allow him to get it right. You just get it to God. And you allow God to get right what needs to be right. Right? But if we spend so much time in a place of shame of, oh, but you don't know my language or how I talk or how I don't talk, my lack of education, and I, or I talk like my hometown, whatever it might be. Sometimes I wonder how my redneck accent might come out of here in Arlington in the, in the Metroplex. I'm not really sure. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But I'm going to say what's, what's real and be real. Number two, say what the Bible says. Sometimes when we don't know what to say, we need to realize that the solution doesn't lie in our own words, and our own imagination of creating sentences. That's okay. You don't know how to formulate the words in this moment, in the situation of the pain, the grief, the shame, the the saturation, the, the shock of the information that came to you. That's okay. Then what we do, we turn to the Bible and we say, hey, what does the Bible say about me and my situation? And I don't need to come up with this on my own. I just need to quote what's already there. And let's be real, in today's age, maybe you don't even need to say it. You just play it. Right? That's why we're so blessed with having the audio Bible, you version, whichever one you like, and having the audio Bible. And I loved when, when I discovered uh, faith comes by hearing audio Bible long before you had it on an app and this and that. And I had to download it from the internet and put it on my iPod and be able to play it and thank God because I wasn't a reader so I could listen to the audio Bible. And uh, I think technology saved my life. <laughs> so I'm, I am very grateful. And so sometimes you don't have to worry about saying it. You just need to play it. Just get on there. Look up those scriptures and go to a place, Google it. Don't even allow shame to come into your life to the point that, oh, I'm not gonna run that search. How shameful is that that I don't remember that verse and where that is? Who cares? (laughs) We can be blessed with Google today. Just look it up. Don't even worry about it. What does the Bible say about me, Google? Like, it just, you don't even have to type it, right? You can just ask someone, you know, whatever your favorite platform is. You know, I won't default to one particular platform after a fruit because then I'll have, have to get a look from our executive pastor and, you know, because he's on that other one. <laughs> just look it up, like, and, and seriously, I'll spit these out. But I am a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Ephesians 4.24. I am a friend of God, Romans 5.9. When you feel like you're in a place that you don't don't have a voice, but yet God calls you a friend, how much does he want to hear what you have to say? I am valued, Luke 12.7. I have self-control. I may not feel it, but I'm going to confess it. I'm going to speak it prophetically until I believe it comes true. And I'm going to walk in what the word says about me until it comes true in my life. I am courageous, as Joshua tells me to be. I am chosen, like 1 Peter 2.9 says. I am wonderfully made, as Psalm 139 tells me. And I am redeemed, like Ephesians 1.7 says. I am not alone. Like we said on social media this week, don't do life alone. Hebrews 13.5, I am a child of God. And if I am these things... And I must have a voice. And maybe my feelings of being voiceless in this situation, voiceless or powerless in the midst of my challenge, in the midst of raising my kids and paying bills and finding a job. And maybe, maybe there is a light. Maybe there is something to look to in this situation. And if the Bible is the truth of God, then I must admit that sometimes my feelings don't line up with that truth. And sometimes maybe I need to push aside my feelings, not because they're untrue, they are my feelings that I'm experiencing, but if they're not gonna line up with what God's truth is, then maybe I need to work past beyond those situations and hold on to what he is saying in my life. So instead of repeating my thoughts I'm going to partner with God's thoughts. And instead of partnering with what the enemy says about me, you know, the devil has enough to say about us. And none of it's positive. It might be a manipulation of what's positive, a a twisting of what God has done in our lives. But too often we partner with what the enemy says about us instead of what God says about us. And I tell you, I got seasons in my life where I've done better at this than other seasons. And if you're feeling this, I'm in one of those seasons where I need to do better about this, where I'm going to focus on what God is saying, what God is saying about my future, a prophetic word that I received, an encouragement that someone gave me, an opportunity that I see that I don't feel qualified for yet, but yet the opportunity's there. So what's the situation? Is the holdback isn't the opport- isn't God. It's me. It's my own voicelessness, to use a word that didn't exist probably, but, but it's my own situations and issues that I'm facing that has put me in this situation. The, the opportunity has been placed before me, but I've got to step into it. But can I step beyond my shame and shock and saturation to receive what God is doing? And number three, say what the Holy Spirit says. Say what the Holy Spirit says. Some of you in your background, you're you're immediately thinking, and I'm just gonna address the, the elephant that might be in the room for you. Maybe this isn't in the room for you, but I say, say what the Holy Spirit says. And some of you immediately are like, talking in tongues, maybe you speak in tongues, and you're like, yes, I know what that experience is like to be able to, when I have no words, to be able to say what the Holy Spirit's leading me to say. And some of you are like, ooh, speaking in tongues, you're getting a little weird on me now. Like, I don't even know. But regardless, I think either way, and a value of the life, church, is to be, to live a Spirit-led life, a life that is led by the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes, maybe, we need to put our words aside for a moment. Maybe what we seem or deem to be a disability in our lives of having no way to speak into this situation is not a disability, but maybe actually a helpful moment where we don't speak and we hold for a moment to put aside what we have to say and say, God, what do you want me to say? God, what is it you're speaking into my life to lead me in this situation, whether I'm speaking to myself in the mirror or whether I'm speaking to my coworker, whether I'm speaking to my family or I'm raising my kids, to put aside my own mouth and use my two ears, even if they're spiritual ears, to say, Holy Spirit, I need your guidance in leading in this situation, because Honestly, what I got to say is going to come out of my emotions and my feelings, and it probably ain't too positive. (laughs) I'm going to say what I want. I want to give them a piece of my mind instead of a piece of the God, (laughs) a piece of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And so often we find ourselves, and Jesus guides us in this. In John 12, verse 49, Jesus says, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me to say commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Even Jesus himself is in the situation of saying, this is even beyond me and the natural to rely on something outside of my own control. Outside of my own my own being. And if Jesus would choose to live in this space of even moving beyond, how much more should we maybe pause and give room for God in our lives to speak? We're struggling to come up with the words because we're struggling out of our own ambition, our own, our own, our own thoughts and feelings, instead of saying, God, you know what? Maybe, maybe right now I I need to stay speechless. I need to stay mute. I need to stay silent. And I just need to pause for a moment. And Jesus, I know you want to heal me in this situation. You want to provide for me in this situation. But I need to seek what God is saying in this situation. What the Holy Spirit is leading in the situation. And, and, And let me encourage you, church, that his language, his language is going to be love. If he's speaking to you, it is going to be loving. And if he's using you to speak to someone else, it is going to be loving. And your language will be empowered by the fruit of the Spirit. And there will be kindness, there will be joy, there will be peace, there will be patience. You will bring to a situation that, that, that is contrary to what the world is creating. And you will bring something that doesn't make sense. And it will be those moments when you speak into someone's life that will transform what seemed to be just as hard as a rock. We must stop trying to beat the rock and instead speak to the rock and see what comes forward. We allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. And sometimes the word of God even even does talk to us about the groanings of our spirit to, be, to even have something to say that doesn't make sense. So so I, I want to give this practical advice as well as we get ready to close and go into the last worship song. But one of the things I think even transformed my life, regardless of whether you even have a, a prayer language or speak in tongues to use some of the, the language that if you come from a more evangelical background and different things, but it, I remember there was a time when I I didn't need words. I didn't need words that had meaning and 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 English words that I understood and and I embraced this word hallelujah which does have meaning but it's not an English word. It's a weird word, right? Can I can I get someone to at least here you know, agree with me a little bit like like we say hallelujah a bunch of times in that song you're like I'm maybe you're new to church especially you're like I don't know what this is like <laughs> what language is that? And I remember when I just I had a moment in a situation where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to say hallelujah. I'm going to say it over and over and over. Praise be to God. But I'm just going to say it over and over. Hallelujah. You are my redeemer. Hallelujah, you do you do love me. Hallelujah, you give me a purpose and you have a plan. Hallelujah, you are my forgiver of sins. Hallelujah, you are God Almighty. Hallelujah, your name is above every other name in this world. And whatever it is that I'm facing, you overcome in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And we'll just say it over and over as a confession of who he is in my life. You want a solution to overcome? You don't have words? There's a word. You don't have the ability to speak? There's a word that you don't don't have to come up with it on your own. You just take hold of this word. This word that has been around for so long. And we take hold of it. Hallelujah. And C.S. Lewis, he tells us, I have learned now that while those who speak about one's miseries usually hurt, but those who keep silence hurt more. Too many times we stay silent, not listening for the Holy Spirit, not listening for what God is saying, not taking a moment of meditation to focus on the word of God, but we stay silent because of shame, and shock and saturation and so many other reasons that you may already know are in your life. And to hurt in silence, I believe, is to hurt so much more than to hurt in speaking. And maybe you're like the mute man and maybe it's not a demon possession, but you recognize that there's an oppression in your life, a situation that has come against you and you feel mute and you don't know what to do. And in James five sixteen it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I love this, so that you may be healed. Confess to one another so you may be shamed. No, that's what the enemy wants you to believe. So that, oh, but if I share this thing, the pastor or the prayer partner is gonna be in shock. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. Oh, but they hear so much already. I don't want to bother them with another prayer request, with another thing. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. But he says, so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person is great power and produces wonderful results. Speaking and finding your voice in the midst of the struggle in the situation that you're facing, this is the promise Healing and wonderful results. Healing and wonderful results. Not all of the other negative things and the worries and concerns that our mind would have us get trapped into believing. But yet freedom. And wonderful things. And sometimes we get focused on the negative aspect of the statement to, oh, but confess my sins is so scary. That's okay. So let's focus even if this is just another confessional moment, let's focus on the positive of what it says. Healing and wonderful results come out of our confession. And maybe today that's a moment during this final song. Maybe it's a moment of you just confessing to God. Maybe it's between you and him. And it's between you and Jesus. If you had filled up, Mute in your situation, the Son of the Living God came to this mute man, came up to him in his situation and met him where he was to bring healing and wonderful results to a man who couldn't even speak. And maybe in this, in this moment of your feeling speechless, you just turn to God with whatever you can muster and you just give it to him. Just give it to him and maybe it is going to be a prayer person, or prayer partner that will be up here here during this final song and, 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 during, and after service who's not heard too many prayers, who's not heard too many things, will not be shocked by the thing that you have to share to whatever extent you choose to share and absolutely will not shame you because they love you and they care about you. Will you bow your heads with me? as I pray for you, if you'd allow me. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this space. We thank you for freedom. We thank you for healing. We thank you for setting free things inside of us. We've been holding silent the pain that we've been that we've been keeping and hoarding for ourselves, that's even been a poison within our own bodies. And we know, God, that you would love to heal us in the midst of our situation if we would simply bring it to you and no longer allow an emotion of regret to keep us in this vicious cycle and circle of shame. But yet we would bring to you our repentance, bring to you maybe even something that was done to us that wasn't even about us, but yet we've been carrying a shame because of, we allowed it to happen. We feel. So, God, we just come to you and say, Heal us, redeem us, forgive us. That this weight and this burden, this oppression that we've been carrying, is not even ours to carry. You've been trying to get us to unload to open our hands and release what we have held on to with clenched fists. So we turn to you during this time to say, this is you. It's all about you, God. If you will just repeat after me, this would be a simple prayer. If you want to give your life to Jesus, this is a prayer for you or maybe you just feel like you're in a moment that you've you've been feeling like you've been hiding in the dark and you want to turn to the light, this prayer can be for you and if You're a long time believer and life is good. You just want to celebrate life. And this is a time for you to celebrate what God has done, but also for a time for you to to partner with those and and standing in faith with those around us. So if we'll just all just pray this together and just say, dear God, heavenly father, thank you for calling me child, calling me loved, calling me friend. Thank you for forgiveness, for healing, And wonderful things that you want to do in my life. Give me voice to speak to you and to share your love with those around me. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Let's stand in worship during this final song.